Hey everyone, and welcome to Jesus Stories. This is the podcast which tells the stories of Jesus, not only from the scriptures, but from everyday life, past and present. Now, I've been traveling for the last couple of weeks, so I really haven't had an opportunity to consider what to share with you this week. I want to take this opportunity to share some observations about the episodes we've been putting up lately. Now, while the stories of people who live out their faith in Jesus has been powerful, you've responded more strongly to the stories of the life of Jesus, stories from the scriptures. So as a result, and because of some changes that are happening in my family that require some time and effort to process, I'm going to reprise some prior episodes of Jesus Stories with you. However, after each episode, next episode will contain some teaching that will relate to that prior episode. I'll use that time to further explain what has just been told to you and to provide some of my own observations. Now, as you may expect, we're going to go back to the beginning. So stay with us. These Jesus stories come to you, thanks to your support, both financially and in prayer. Thank you for that support. And if you'd like to join us in this effort, go to the website. It's jesusstories.info. Click on the Support This Podcast tab. That's jesusstories.info. I'd love to hear from you as well. Again, you can contact me on the website, jesusstories.info. This time, click on the Talk to Us tab. That's jesusstories.info. For most people, a story about them would start with their birth, right? Well, not so with Jesus. We must go to times before his birth to begin to talk about him. Both Matthew and Luke begin with genealogies of Jesus. Why? Matthew is writing to a Jewish audience for whom ancestry is very important. The Jewish audience is looking for a Messiah, one who is descended from King David. So they have very carefully kept up with their ancestry over time as they have waited for him to come. Matthew obliges his Jewish audience with an ancestry of Jesus, starting with the father of the Jewish world, Abraham. If you run your finger down the list of ancestors, you'll see some familiar Bible names like Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Judah. You'll find David and Solomon. Plus, you'll see some names you don't know, and you'll find some female names, which you would not expect in a genealogy at this time. Rahab was a prostitute who saved the spies who visited the land of Canaan before the fall of Jericho. Did you get that? Rahab as a prostitute? Ruth was from Moab, a people who had been hostile to the Jewish nation. Luke provides his readers with a genealogy which starts with Mary's father and traces that ancestry all the way back to Adam, the son of God. John goes further back than that. He begins with these words, In the beginning, the word already existed. What's he saying? 
John defines his terms a little later on. In John chapter 1, verse 14, he says, So the Word became human and made his home among us. One of John's main themes is that Jesus is divine, the Son of God. While this is prevalent in all of the Gospels, John is particularly emphatic about this point. So his opening about, quote, the Word, end quote, is speaking of Jesus as the Son of God and that he was in existence from the beginning of time. Quote, he existed in the beginning with God, end quote. So, Jesus' beginnings go back to before the beginning, per John, to God, per Luke, to Abraham, per Matthew. Tied to the story of Jesus is the story of John the Baptist. Luke tells us more of John's story than any other. We find that John's parents are a priest named Zechariah and his wife Elizabeth. They are devout people careful to obey all of the Lord's commandments. They were old and childless. And this story is set in a time when Herod was king over Judea. This is a tough time to be living in Israel. Herod is a paranoid dictator, prone to killing anyone, and I do mean anyone, who he thought would be getting in his way. This included his family. In fact, one of the Roman Caesars said that it was safer to be Herod's pig than a member of his family. It was no fun living in Israel back then. Furthermore, there had been no word from God for God's people for over 400 years. The final words were ones of hope and promise, and then nothing. Nothing. Now, Zechariah, remember John the Baptist's father, was a priest on duty in the temple of God one day. He had been chosen to enter the sanctuary to burn incense, and while in there, an angel appears to him. Now, let's stop right there for a moment. What would you do if an angel appeared before you? In every instance in the scriptures, we find that the presence of angels instills fear in the individual who sees the angel. Zechariah is no different. The angel seeks to calm him with the words, don't be afraid. Then he delivers an amazing message. Let me read it directly from the scriptures. Don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son, and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth, and he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children, and he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. That's Luke chapter 1, verses 13 through 17. Again, let's stop and do some explaining. This angel has just told Zechariah that he's going to be a father even though he and his wife are old. This is reminiscent of the great patriarch the Jews revered, Abraham, and his wife, Sarah. The son will be great before God. He is never to touch wine or alcoholic drinks. This is similar to a special vow that some Jews took called a Nazarite vow. This vow sets these people apart for God's use in a special way. 
The son is compared to Elijah, one of Israel's great prophets, a prophet who stood up against a wicked king and queen of Israel, even though it could have cost him his life. And as we will see, this son will be compared to and even called Elijah. The angel's words echo the words which God had last spoken to his people 400 years earlier. Zechariah would know these words. God had said in the Old Testament book of Malachi, chapter 4, verses 5 and 6, Look, I am sending you the prophet Elijah before the great and dreadful day of the Lord arrives. His preaching will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers. Then look at the mission God has given him. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. These are the words that have been spoken to Israel, words which Zechariah would know by the prophet Isaiah. These words are quoted by Mark. Look, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, and he will prepare your way. He is a voice shouting in the wilderness. Prepare the way for the Lord is coming. Clear the road for him. Now that's an amazing calling. So amazing that Zechariah has his doubts. How can I know that this is for real, he asks the angel. I am old, so is my wife. The angel identifies himself as Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God, and is the deliverer of God's message to Zechariah. Since you don't believe, he says, you will be silent until the child is born. You won't be able to speak. All this takes a little longer than the usual burning of incense takes. The crowd outside the sanctuary is waiting for Zechariah to come out and wondering what's taking so long. And when he does come out, he cannot talk. And through his gestures, they believe he has seen a vision. He goes home after his time of service. And sure enough, his wife Elizabeth becomes pregnant. She goes into seclusion for five months. She also praises God for taking away the disgrace of not having children. Now, what does this have to do with Jesus? Well, we begin to find out. We are six months into Elizabeth's pregnancy when the scene shifts from the hill country of Judea, where Zechariah and Elizabeth live, to the village of Nazareth in Galilee. We meet a virgin named Mary. She is engaged to be married to Joseph, whom Luke tells us is a descendant of King David. Gabriel, the angel, appears again with a message, this time to Mary. Greetings, favored woman, the angel says. The Lord is with you. Mary is wondering what this could mean, and she's probably afraid as well. Guess what Gabriel's next words are? Don't be afraid. Then he delivers the message from God. Again, let me read this from the scriptures. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. That's from Luke chapter 1, verses 31 through 33. So, again, let's take a look at this message in detail. Mary is to have a baby, a son. She is given his name, Jesus. She is given his title, Son of the Most High. He will be given the throne of David, his ancestor, to reign forever. This must have astounded Mary. 
She was a teenage girl living in a poor village, which was not well thought of by many Jews. And an angel is coming to her with a message about a son she will have that resounds with prophetic words. But Mary, in her faithfulness, doesn't doubt. She merely asks, How? I've never slept with a man. Gabriel tells her that her son will come from God through the Holy Spirit, so that the baby to be born will be holy and called the Son of God. Now, let's define some terms here before we proceed. What does holy mean? Holy means that someone or something is to be set apart for use by Jehovah God. So this child is to be for God's use, similar to the son of Zechariah and Elizabeth. What about this term, son of God? Now, this is a term which is applied to Jesus throughout the stories of Jesus that we'll be recounting, and indeed throughout the New Testament. Since this child is from the Holy Spirit, and not from a man, he can truly be called the son of God. Wait a minute, this child is from the Holy Spirit? What does that mean? We'll be talking about the Holy Spirit all through this narrative. For now, let's just identify the Holy Spirit as the supernatural presence of God on this earth. You may not believe in the supernatural, and that's okay, but I don't know of any other term to really explain his presence. Know that this Holy Spirit is God, but as we'll discover later, we can't see him. We can only see the effects of his presence among us. Now, back to our story. Mary is still listening to the angel. He tells her that her relative Elizabeth is pregnant and in her sixth month. Mary responds, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. So let's stop there. Let's summarize where we are. The old priest Zechariah is informed by the angel Gabriel that he and his old wife would have a child who would be used by God. When he didn't believe the message, Zechariah was made mute. A young teen, Mary, is given the message that she is to have a baby, even though she isn't married and is a virgin. This child will be from God and for God's use. Mary accepts her message with a response that only could be described as one of faith. So, we have two babies to be dedicated to God from two women who are related to each other. If you're a regular listener to this podcast, thank you. This podcast is made possible because of you. Your donations allow me to spend the time creating, researching, writing, presenting, and producing this podcast. It's really easy to donate if you wish. You can become a patron by visiting patreon.com slash Jesus Stories. If you prefer another method of donation, I invite you to email me at JesusStories at Outlook.com or send me a DM on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn. You'll find links to all the social media accounts in the show notes on our website, JesusStories.info. That's JesusStories.info. Tell me how you'd like to donate, and I'll get back with you. In our next episode, we're going to talk a little more about the events you've just heard about. Join me then as we talk about the lengths to which Jehovah God has gone to bring us Jesus. See you in two weeks. 
Sweet is the day.